good day and welcome to Holding Fast. It's great to have you in the podcast today. Thank you for coming along with me. Trust that you've begun your day. Maybe you're sitting there with a cup of coffee and your Bible is open, or perhaps you've just spent some prayer time. If not, then this would be a great opportunity after this podcast to spend some quality time worshiping God and just thanking Him for all the good things He's done for us. And I trust your anchor is gripped firmly to the Word of God. That very Word of God I've been spending some time meditating on today and on a particular passage of Scripture that really has a great illustration uh, in American church history. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I'm meditating on the book of Zechariah this morning. had read an article recently by Jennifer Miskoff, who I give credit for the idea. Uh, She was writing about this historically significant event in church history in America. But I'm meditating on a passage of scripture from the book of Zechariah chapter 4. And in Zechariah chapter 4, the historical narrative is being given that describes the returning children of Israel from exile. They're settling back into Jerusalem. Uh, They are rebuilding the temple. And it had a lot of stops and starts. And it was a bit frustrating to get the thing going, uh, to be able to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and get the temple built. And Zerubbabel was a a man who was in leadership at that particular time. Zerubbabel was that's a mouthful. Zerubbabel was uh, was discouraged because it seemed like they weren't were not making a lot of progress in getting it started, and uh, at least finish completing the work. And so the Lord actually uh, need uh, gave the needed encouragement, and He said in Zechariah chapter four. And verse 8, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, unto Zerubbabel, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? And I think that's an interesting statement that falls right there in verse 10. For who hath despised the day of small things? Uh, Zechariah's question rings true even today. And almost every one of us could answer, well, there's been times when I've despised the day of small things. What did he mean by that? Well, the question really provides insight into uh, its own answer. Uh, God has a wonderful, though perhaps obscure and difficult way at times of performing his purposes and getting his task done on this earth. To Zerubbabel, it seemed like it was never going to be completed. The work of the temple was taking so long. The ruins were so unbearable to look at. And yet God says, don't despise a day of small things. Uh, In many of God's choice workers, he uses powerful seasons of small things. Those days are not a mistake. They're not a punishment. They are the priceless shaping and preparation. That's what God is doing. They're not days to despise. My mind, when I thought of that phraseology, went to this event in church history called the prayer meeting uh, revival of 1857 to 59. Uh, the, it, the story is a very interesting one that I don't know if you've ever heard before, but it's known also as the businessman's revival. 
and how one man's yes uh, in response to a moving of God in his heart uh, in his generation led to a powerful revival where it was estimated that within a year in America, over one million people professed faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, in 1857, uh, the Supreme Court decided in the Dred Scott case that African Americans and their descendants could not be U.S. citizens. And it was a big blow uh, to a lot of sections of our population. And ultimately, that decision divided churches and brought about a civil war. But something else was going on, something that was about to break open that nobody could ever have imagined. In, in, in the uh, in the wake of a man named Charles Finney, who was a revivalist, he was there was a businessman named Jeremiah Lamphere who got converted in Finney's Broadway Tabernacle in Manhattan, New York in 1842. He worked in business for a very long time, and at the age of 49, Jeremiah Lamphere got hired as a local missionary by the North Dutch Church on Fulton Street. Uh, in Manhattan, and he traded his big city salary for one that was less than a thousand dollars a year. God began to break Jeremiah's heart for the lost. He would go out and evangelize. He would daily be out there working the streets of Manhattan. He saw that there was such a great need for God in those days. And one day, God gave him an inspired means of how to reach people. He literally decided to host a Wednesday prayer meeting for businessmen from 12 to 1 every day, uh, every uh, Wednesday. He passed out flyers and he began to spread the word. He encouraged people to come and it didn't matter how long they could stay. It might have been five minutes. It might have been 10 minutes or more. And he welcomed everybody to come and he engaged in prayer uh, uh, with them and, and they with him. And so he advertised the date was set for his first businessmen's prayer meeting to be at noon on September the 23rd, 1857. But when the day came, he was ready to welcome the other businessmen for a time of prayer. But at noon, nobody showed up. Then at 1210, nobody showed up. 1225, still nobody. And he's nearly halfway through his very first prayer meeting. And he probably felt like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have anybody come. I feel like a failure. Or maybe, maybe God, I didn't hear you correctly. Who knows what it might, might have been going through his mind, but he didn't throw in the towel and give up. He stood his ground and he stayed there in that room. And then all of a sudden at 1230, the first businessman joined him for prayer and then another and another until he had a total of six people join him on the first day of that advertised businessmen's prayer meeting. Well, that was enough for him to see that there was a need for prayer and that God was in the whole thing. He didn't despise a day of small beginnings, but he leaned on what God was doing. It's amazing what happened. They planned another prayer meeting for the following Wednesday. That time, 20 men came. The following week, 40 men came. He had to move to a bigger room. And then on October the 10th, 1857, the stock market crashed. People lost everything in a matter of moments. Desperation increased in people's hearts. And soon those prayer meetings were not just weekly, but daily. And it wasn't very long, and there were crowds of up to 3,000 people joining the Fulton Street prayer meeting. People from all different kinds and all different backgrounds joined in. They had guidelines. I, I'm looking at a printout of, of the, the specific guidelines in place for the prayer meeting, and it worked well during that time. 
uh, prayers and exhortations that says not to exceed five minutes in order to give all an opportunity and people would all be praying together and there was just different regulations about it but they started promptly at 12 and finished right at one and they allowed people to come and go as they please and uh with those regulations uh what a dream prayer meeting that must have been and every meeting started with a hymn uh then the leader read a scripture and said a prayer and then opened the floor for a few moments of prayer requests Five minutes before one, they sang another hymn, and then the leader closed with a prayer of blessing over the people. The news of that meeting began to spread, and especially through the newspapers, because the newspapers at that time would often publish things of this nature. And one of the six that attended that very first meeting was actually a 21-year-old who had a passion to take the same fire for prayer to his hometown of Philadelphia. And His first meeting had 40 then 60, then 300, then 2,500. Then we know uh, from records that in just four months, because he had to go out and get a tent to accommodate the crowds, 150,000 people had prayed in that tent. And that revival spread across Bible-believing denominations. It was a layperson's revival. Started small. And it was estimated that over one million people professed faith. You know, what might happen again today if a few people set aside that time every day or even just an hour a week to pray together for the lost, for a fresh pouring of the Holy Spirit? Zechariah 4.10, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Most revivals and powerful movements of God that sweep the nation started just a small meeting with just a few. I pray that God would move in the hearts of his people right now. Our nation is in desperate need of an awakening by the Holy Spirit. Will you pray today? Will you ask the Lord? Will you in your own small way say, Lord, revive my heart, and then may there be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in our nation. Our country desperately needs it. God bless you today. Stay focused. Remember, we're only here for a short time. Eternity is forever. Let's live for what has eternal value. God bless you. Walk with Christ.